Thank you for joining us for part two of our series of Women in Leadership here at the Kirk Corian School of Medicine. Joining me today is Dr. Carmen Flores and Dr. Nadia Gomez. So without further ado, Dr. Gomez, tell me about your journey here to the Kirk Corian School of Medicine. Well, I am from Miami, Florida, but I was born and raised in Nicaragua, Central America. Um, so when I first got, you know, to the States, I had to learn English. My parents had to do medical school all over again. Um, so I come from that background, the medical school background. Um, and I just saw their progress and, you know, I got inspired through them to, to get into medicine. Um, as I went through my schooling, my residency, my fellowship, I really loved teaching and just sharing the knowledge. And so I knew that I wanted to do academia. So as I was graduating fellowship, I started looking for jobs. And, you know, I really wanted to stay in Florida, but as I saw the need for doctors, it's truly what drove me to the West Coast. I didn't know anyone. I, you know, it was the first time I was actually going across the country. Um, but I really saw the opportunity to come here, develop something, really give back to the community, and that's the reason why I chose Las Vegas to practice. Dr. Flores. Thank you for having me. Um, so I took a very non-traditional uh, route to medical school. I was born and raised in Southern California. I'm from LA originally. I am a first-generation college student. Um, I grew up in an urban area, um, not um, very many resources. And um, I fought tooth and nail to get into medical school. Um, I worked my way through undergraduate school. I um, had a full-time job while I was a full-time student uh, during undergrad at UCLA. And uh, graduated um, and took a post-baccalaureate program um, over at Fullerton in Cal State Fullerton. And from then on, I uh, went to Chicago for medical school. In between that, I had my first child. Um, and so uh, that presented some challenges and uh, I had to um, coordinate my schooling with being a mother and raising my first child and going to the lab in a white coat, eight, nine months pregnant. Um, and uh, got accepted in uh, medical school, uh, to medical school in Chicago. Uh, graduated from medical school and headed over to Arizona where I did my residency. Um, in between medical school and uh, my residency, I had, um, uh, or prior to medical school, right before it started, I had uh, my son, who is now 14. And uh, then in residency, I had twins. Um, Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> third, year of, uh, third year of residency, which is, um, was very challenging, uh, but um, very, very rewarding. Um, so yes, surprise, um, but a great surprise and um, a grounding surprise. So uh, I, uh, after um, surgery residency, I uh, was very, very interested in trauma. Uh, medical school in Chicago and surgery uh, rotations in Chicago were very, very trauma heavy. I fell in love with trauma. Mm -hmm. 
and decided to pursue a trauma fellowship uh, at UNLV and have never looked back and stayed. Um, I enjoyed uh, working with the trauma department and learning and teaching at the same time during fellowship, becoming a leader here. And here I am. Let's switch and talk about being a mom. I love it. Being a mom and a working professional, what does that look like? Like everything. <laughs> some days are good, some days are bad. I feel like, um, and bad in the sense that I feel like a bad mom, right? As compared to these other moms that have more time. So I can give you an example, like um, last week, you know, I took my daughter, uh, we were going to, to school and I was driving her to school and I, you know, I was busy trying to pre-op a patient that I had surgery for the same day. And so I didn't have time to make her pancakes. She wanted pancakes, but I told her, Ella, if I make you pancakes, then I can't finish this pre-op. <laughs> you know? so I explain things to her. Sometimes she walks up to me and I'm watching a video because I'm reviewing. I'm part of a, a video committee, uh, you know, in my, in my college and we have review videos and she comes up to me and I'm like, yes, that's the uterus and that's, you know, the ovaries. And my husband's in the back, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing, just teaching her the uterus and the ovaries, it's fine, you know? So, um, so yeah, some days are good, some days are bad. So I didn't make her pancakes, but guess what? Today I made her pancakes. And the must have made good, right? They were good, they were great. Okay, so <laughs> you're in charge of driving her to school. Sometimes we take turns. We take turns. So, What's on the radio? That's a very good question. A lot of it is Disney. Okay. Like Mickey Mouse Club and, you know, so. So you know all the songs? I do. I do, yeah. And then sometimes at night, like, it's there in my in my ear and, you know, but it's nice. I love Disney. <laughs> I, love I don't know about you, Carter, but it's like right. I'm obsessed with We're Disney. a little older, so it's <laughs> LOL surprise. Okay. All right. So if the kids are in the car, yeah, then we're talking about Bad Bunny. We're talking about <laughs> no, I don't know So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So we're doing that. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. So I'm gonna shift over to you, Doctor Flores. Yes. So your mom, your working professional. What does it look like for you? So it is a quiet chaos. Not very unlike the trauma bay. So um, we have a very busy household. Um, so being a mother of an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, and the twins who are approaching seven years of age now, um, every day is different. Uh, I think early on after having the twins especially, um, it was difficult to not be around. You do feel like a bad mom. Um, but I think you evolve into understanding that you're just a different mom and they look to you, they don't know any different. So they look to you because they see you going to work and they see you working hard. Um, I, uh, shortly after having the twins, I went away for a three month rotation, um, over in Portland and, um, my poor saint of a husband left him alone with um almost newborn twins and oh, <laughs> and um when i came home um they were calling my daughter my my uh eldest daughter mom 
which was, as you can understand, super heartbreaking. Yes. Um, there would be times where I'd come home after a long trauma shift or a long shift and they'd say, what are you doing here? You're never here. Um, but I think as they've gotten older, they think it's super cool what I do every day. They understand. Um, they brag on me a lot, which is, which is awesome because I, I know that they understand. And ultimately I think, you know, especially my girls, um, I know that I am their role model and I am their, their push to, to do whatever they, uh, see fit in life. Absolutely. I love that. I can agree with that. Um, I think that it's so cool to have, I have two little girls, you know, and I just, I love it because I feel like, um, um, I want to be better for them. Right. And I want to be like, you know, in my professional career, advance, succeed. And I'm also like, before it was just like about my accomplishments, you know, like it's my parents and making them proud, you right. know, but now I have daughters. I want them to really look up to me and, and be their role model. I can tell you a quick show and tell story that I'd love to hear it. So the school, she's in preschool, but they do a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, the calendar is like filled, filled. and we missed the show and tell. So we're supposed to pack something. They have a theme and every and they have a backpack. And um, my my husband picked her up and she started crying. So like there was nothing in my book bag <laughs> for show and tell. So what did we do? No, we put it in our calendar. Like I we have a family calendar and I'm like we always and we put an alarm the week before, three days before. Oh, we are not missing another thing. <laughs> not doing that again. Huh? She had a holiday party. We went to the holiday party. Even though these things are randomly in the middle of the day, you're right. Okay. I need to take a PTO day because you have to be there either right. myself or you. Yes. Right. And I think it's, I agree, um, with Dr. Gomez. I, I think it's the small things that matter to them being around on those little, you know, days when they have show and tell, or when you bake them something or bought something at the store because you didn't have time to bake I and you, they take it to school, um, or you drop them off. Um, the other day I, I was the pancake maker and I had to make Grinch pancakes because, um, you know, we went to go eat and they didn't have Grinch pancakes there. So I was, you know, there was a demand to make Grinch pancakes and, um, those little time, those little slots of time that you have with them, I think you cherish more, uh, when you're a surgeon and you realize that they're super important. Um, and they, they, they cherish it too, I think. Yeah. I can only imagine I am not a physician, but when I think about how selfless you have to be in your working professional life and as mothers, I have to think how we switch gears and we talk about self-care and finding your center. Yeah. So it's a dumb question. <laughs> what does self-care and finding center look for you? For me, for me personally, it looks, I have to, I always have to listen to my body. So I can give you an example. Um, you know, like a few days ago, I, we, we ran into each other cause I was on call like last week and I saw, I saw her and we were, I was just like, I've had a rough week. Like a lot of emergencies came in. And so, um, I was home like around 7.30 PM, but I was just tired, like exhausted. And I knew I had to take care of charts. I had to, you know, like 
um, the girls, they have, they have swim class like around 5.30, 6 p.m., you know, and I, I was telling my husband, I'm not going to make it to the swim class, and I'm just exhausted. I said, I'm going to go to bed. That's it. I'm going to go to bed. I don't care if it's 7.30 p.m. I am done, and I am waking up in the morning. So I woke up. So, you know, that's what I do. I listen to my body. I say, okay, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go to bed, and I'm waking up early to kind of finish what I had to do, you know. Um, other than that, you know, like we, we spoke about music. I love to dance. That's my escape. I think growing up, like my mom put me in dance when I was like three years old. And so I have that background. I actually wanted to be a Broadway dancer, but you know, my dad was like, no, you're going to college. <laughs> you're not going to Broadway. <laughs> you know, I'm not paying for your apartment in New York. He's like, but you will be a dance major and you can study things and, you know, continue and I actually did I actually got hurt with my ankle and I was like mm, maybe my dad did have something in his life you know um so so I love to dance that's my escape I think that I have I you know I do a lot of ballroom dancing a lot of dancing on my own with my girls like whenever so that's kind of like my escape some people do yoga meditation I like to dance I love it that's that okay so tell me about your, what self-care looked like for you? So it's very, very difficult. And I, um, I tend to be um, very laser focused and it's very hard for me to turn it off when I get home. It's so hard. Um, and so um, a lot of times I just need to surround myself with the kids and uh, my husband and say, you know, mom needs some time. Um, my husband decompression, decompression. My husband also encourages me a lot to, and and sometimes he'll say, "Stop, that's enough. Close the computer. We're done today." And he is not in medicine, so um, he doesn't um, know what he's trying to stop me from doing. It's a good balance. Which can be probably maybe right. Which which does you know it's hard if I have a deadline or if I have a presentation right. to do or whatever. Um, but um, I tried to listen to that and say, okay, you're outside looking in and you see what I'm going through right now. So yes, it's time to close the computer. And um, I I honestly love. Um, you know, taking my kids to the park and just getting in the car sometimes and traveling with them just for the day and to decompress or say, you know what, let's go on a car ride. We're going to go look at Christmas lights or um, just interacting with them is kind of how I decompress. Um, I think for um, alone time, it's just quiet time and and sitting with my thoughts sometimes and just having a quiet hour, even if it's just an hour. If it's just an hour. Even if it's just an hour. Um, I think, um, you know, having um, my family close in California too is, um, you know, sometimes I'll say, okay, it's time for you to come over and visit or I'll go there or, um, and you know, it's just, it's, it's therapeutic. 
Perfect. That's what I love about the Latin culture. Yes. And <laughs> the support. Like, yeah. Even though my family, like most of my family is in Florida, you know, but sometimes like my mom is like, hey, do you need me to go there just to kind of like for you and your husband to go on a like, date night or right? something, you know, like escape. And right. they do that a lot. So it's like very supportive. It's good to have family that's supportive, you know. It is. And I think even if, even if they come over, and it gets chaotic entertaining it's still a different type of chaos right and it's therapeutic in that way um and i have a ton of nieces and nephews that come over and ransack the house etc but it is it i just but love it great. yeah i, I love, love creating a space yeah. for them where they can use their imagination and and you know look at doctor things and use the stethoscope and etc it's, it's so therapeutic <laughs> if they ever want to look at the uterus and ovaries let me see we share this <laughs> so as respected women one of the things i love to ask women is how do we squash gender bias right we start what do you think well i think that we start looking at the work right the work the outcomes quality and not focus so much on, you know, our gender or the person. So I can give you a great example of that. You know, I think that for me, it was a great opportunity, you know, in February of this year that the Dean asked me to be interim chair. And he knew, he knew I had a three-year-old at that time and a one-year-old at that time, right, like a couple of months back. And, um, you know, it was just, it was so great that he asked me because of, you know, my CV and my accomplishments and my work rather than, oh, no, she has two little, two little kids. She's not going to have time for this, you know. It's a commitment, and I, you know, I take it very seriously. But, you know, I think that's just an example of, like, you know, how you can rely on someone to get the work done um, even though they're, I wear other hats, right? I might have another full-time job. <laughs> So, yeah, so I think it's like looking at the work, looking at the quality and, and what you've done and your progress and how you work with people rather than your gender. And I'll have to say, as your working colleague, I am so proud of you. Thank you. You've done just great work. High five. Like my daughter says, high five. Okay. Over to you, Dr. Flores. I still get a squasher. So I think I agree totally. Um, I think you, you just go, you, you don't focus on, okay, I am a woman. What type of barriers do I need to break down? I think as a physician, you do the best that you can on the patient's behalf and let the work and the quality speak for itself. I think when it comes to leadership positions, I think surrounding yourself with wisdom and good mentorship and never being afraid to ask for help mm-hmm. um, from either men or women um, is probably the most valuable thing that I've picked up along the way. Um, I think I do have several female mentors. Um, I um, ask them a diverse number of things all the time, or I'll text them and say, oh my God, think about the day that I had today, you know, and they help me through. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, even even some male mentors that I still have from um, from residency. You know, I was just talking to one today by text, and um, it was just so therapeutic. Um, today was kind of rough, uh, and I think um, you know, understanding that there is gender bias is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, uh, but I think pushing through and not letting that trip you up to where it distracts you from other things. And then being a role model yourself for for other females in the field. I think um, Nadia and I can probably both attest to this. I think f- for us, it's probably double um, being women of color um, and females in surgical fields. Um, I think we, we've had to kind of push a little extra, if you will, um, to get to where we are. Um, but she's right. You know, that being recognized is very rewarding, but we, now we have to pass it on to others and take others under our wing. And, and, um, that I think is super important in, in squashing gender bias. So that leads me into my, my next question, which is about mentorship. What is mentorship to you? I think mentorship is um the lifeline of progression um and i see that because i have had um unfortunately some not so good mentorship and some good mentorship and when you compare the two um you see the difference so i think great mentors uh take you under their wing and are not afraid not to be the center of attention and they're not afraid to put you in the limelight and say, hey, this is my mentee. Look at her go. She's something. And um, she's a force to be reckoned with. I am uh, proven myself very, very fortunate to have male and female mentors. Um, many of them are surgeons and some of them are not. Um, some of them are um you know, leadership from medicine. Some of them are um, mentors from medical school, um, and some of them exist in this building. So I think um, understanding um, that you have them and that they're a great resource and that they will tell you like it is, even if it's bad uh, or even if you don't like the answer, is very valuable. I. I completely agree with you. And I like the honesty, the directness. I think in those moments have challenged me the most to grow when I'm being mentored. But I love to give that back when I'm mentoring. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything, you know, that Dr. Flores said, because I think it's important to have mentors at, in all aspects of your life, even if you're, um, you know, mid-career towards the end of your career is it's always a good, there's always going to be someone that knows more about a subject or a certain thing that can guide you. Um, and I think honesty is the best thing because they look at you and objectively they can say, hey, this is, I think you should go this way. Or, you know, I often call my mentors from residency, from fellowship. I mean, you know, when I, when, um, you know, I have a challenge or, you know, 
I have something I'm struggling with just to kind of get a different perspective, like somebody else looking from the outside at him. So I think they're very important. Okay, so given both of your specialties, I'm gonna ask this question in a certain way. Okay. If you're not on call and it's Saturday at 10 a.m., what are you gonna be up to, Dr. Gomez? I am going to be in Turkish school. <laughs> so I'm currently learning Turkish. And it's Saturday at 10 a.m. Every Saturday, I am there with my group that's learning, you know. Um, this is an adult class, and it's for beginners. And it's um, you're either married to someone that's Turkish, like myself, or your kids, you know, are Turkish. Or maybe you're like, I don't know, you're not first degree, uh, degree generation, but, you know, you're learning um, Turkish as a second language. It's so super cool. Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. So you're not on call. Yes. And it's 10 a.m. on a Saturday. What's Dr. Florence doing? I am sitting in the bleachers at the twin softball game where they are running around with, um, <laughs> you know, trying to hit home runs. And then as competitive as those girls are, getting upset because they have not hit a home run every single time that they're up. Competitive. Yes. Very competitive. competitive. They're fierce. So let's what, what are you doing at 10 a.m. on a Saturday? Wow. Okay. So bringing it back, going to gonna bring it back to me. I'm every Saturday morning I'm at the gym. And then after that, I call and check in with my boys. Both my sons are serving in the military. They're both in the Marine Corps. So Saturdays are checking with them, make sure they're doing their thing correctly and um, developing as young men in the military. And then Saturday mornings end with a hike, typically. I, when I moved to Vegas three years ago, I fell in love with hiking. And so I am an avid hiker. That's typically when I'm up to. Those are the three strong forces in my life on Saturday mornings. So thank you for the question. Um, Let's look back and pretend we're 25 for a second. Okay, roll. Now, that was all a blur, right? Those ears? Okay. I let you tell them. Yeah. Besides what we were drinking at Starbucks, um, could you tell your 25-year-old self? You're going to love your future. Just keep doing what you're doing, and I think you're going you're gonna to be in a good place, you know? happy and accomplished and just don't worry you're you're on the right track it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay same it is gonna be okay um you are going to make it and you're going to be phenomenal and um your patients will love you for it Ooh, i love it i love it i love it Okay, ladies, we're going to close it out on a hugger. Uh, may I hug? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for Thank joining you. me today. Thank you. Bonita. You have to come back. <laughs> there, there has to be uh, another. Yes. <laughs> yes. Progression. Progression. Serious.